Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Body Bags with Joseph Scott Morgan. I have to confess something. I think part of me is a frustrated linguist. I always enjoy trying to understand the origins of words, kind of where do they sprout from, and you know what path do these words take to enter our everyday lexicon. And I want to briefly mention a word right now. The word, and I'm not going to give you the modern word yet, but you can kind of guess what it might be, but this word originates from Latin, and actually it It originates from late Latin, like 12th century, I think. And the word is tortura. The true meaning of it in its original form was twist. It also implies writhing. Have you ever writhed in pain? For a moment, there was one little boy, a three-year-old, who writhed many years ago. And his name was Adam. Today on Body Bags, we're 
going to discuss the death of Adam Broomhall in Oklahoma. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and this is Body Bags. The word tortura, the word that we use nowadays is torture. Many of us are familiar with that term, and people will kind of throw that word around. There's a lot of words out there like that. People just kind of say. They don't really understand the essence of it. Some people will say, you know, this was torturous to sit here and have to listen to, or it was a torturous experience of having to get together with family members, perhaps you haven't seen for a while on Thanksgiving, or my trip down to the DMV was pure torture. Now, I submit to you no it's not. In the case of, of this sweet little angel, Adam Broomhall, his last moments on this earth were truly torture. I'm glad you brought it up that way because words do get watered down. And when you mention torture, in this case, this defines it, I think. Richard Fairchild, what he did to a three-year-old, 24-pound little boy in the last hours of his life and what he admitted to doing. And it is the most horrific thing you can ever imagine reading about what happened to a three-year-old boy weighing 24 pounds. Let's hear from Jackie Howard with Crime Online. Adam Broomhall was the three-year-old son of Richard Fairchild's girlfriend. The couple spent the day drinking. When Broomhall woke up in the night, Fairchild began to beat the boy. Then he burned both sides of the child's body by pressing him against a furnace. As the beating continued, Fairchild threw the 24-pound child into a dining table, knocking him unconscious. He never woke up. Broomhall died from blunt force trauma to the head, but a pathologist was able to note 26 individual blows to the boy's body. Richard Fairchild, when he was talking to detectives about what took place, he was able to legibly write out what had happened. What happened to him is atrocious. How do you go to court, Joe, and break this down for a jury? Do you have to tell the whole story of what led up to it, or do you get into just the mathematics of here are the injuries, here's what these injuries mean, and here's what caused his death? Is it just graphic, or is it graphic of explaining what had taken place in the hours leading up to this? Look, in, in my field in medical legal death investigation, there is a phrase that's kind of rote now. I'd actually seen it many years ago on a t-shirt. I'd been at a conference in Baltimore and we had been at the uh, Baltimore Police Department specifically. We were hosted by the Homicide Division of, of Baltimore PD. And there's all kinds of terms that are out there. They had several t-shirts that they were selling and the money went to charity. And one of the sayings on the shirt was, we speak for those that can no longer speak for themselves. And we've heard that. Again, it's rote. It's out there. And another one that's kind of a bit coy, there's another old one that says, um, our day begins when yours ends. And that's been around for a while. But I'd like to address this kind of idea of we speak for those that can no longer speak for ourselves. As much of the father that I have within me, and, and when I say that, I mean as a father to my children, I want so desperately to get on a stand and tell his story. But we are bound by sticking to the facts 
of what our area of expertise is. You really try to keep everything within the guardrails. I'm prone to use that term now because you can kind of bounce off of them, but you stay stay in your lane, essentially. And so when we're up there and we're on the stand, I can't really opine about the life that in a case like Adam, may have lived. And neither could these investigators necessarily from a forensic standpoint. Now, you can go into the history. If you get an investigator that did a deep dive and they have it documented point by point, it becomes kind of clinical because of the questions that are being asked and that you're not going to be able to get up there as much as you would want to if you're a father or a parent and emote For us in forensics, sometimes what seems to be very dry, mundane details can actually paint a picture of pure horror when you begin to ask those probative or you are asked those probative questions by counsel. When you start to talk about how long does it take someone to die from blunt force trauma to the head, or what kind of pain threshold do human beings have for being burned, or what's it like for the victim to have been punched or kicked or thrown about? What can we expect? What's the body's reaction? And it, within that kind of dry science, you breathe life into those that are gone. In the case of Adam, The witnesses did a fine job because I believe they brought him back to life in the courtroom. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and a big shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing free samples. I live in an area where allergies are a day-to-day issue, and finding an over-the-counter option for relief is like the holy grail. I use Astapro, and I strongly recommend you give it a try. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray, and it's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays can take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Before the days of cell phones uh, and before I had uh, a loving wife and I was a single dude, I would go to the laundromat and I'd read a book as I watched my laundry being done. And every now and then I'd catch myself being captivated by the the dryer. You can look through that little glass window and you see it going around and around and around. You see all those items and they're bouncing around. It's very benign. But in Adam's case, it's like he was in a tumble dryer only with sharp edges and the energy that was being generated was being generated by someone that viewed him as less than a three-year-old little boy something less than a human what is so mind-numbing about this we have adam broomhall he's three years old and weighs 24 pounds i've got several children okay i've got four kids and i think all of them weighed more than 24 pounds when they were two so, am I right in that? Is that a that seems to me to be a very small child? Is, yeah, he's small. He's he's on the smallish side. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. So we've got a, a small child, three years old, Adam. We have the mother, Stacy, and then we have Stacy's boyfriend, Richard Fairchild, going to Stacy's mother's house to drink all day. I don't know if that was their purpose, but based on what took place, I think it was to go there, and they had the kids. So they had mom and Richard, the boyfriend, and uh, Stacy's mom, and maybe a few other adults in there. And they're drinking and playing cards, watching TV and drinking while the children were playing in a different room. When it came time to go home, Richard Fairchild and Stacy were both too intoxicated to drive home. And Stacy's mother said, no, you aren't driving home. She tried to get them to spend the night there. And they were like, no, we're going home. So uh, Stacy's mother insisted that her 17-year-old daughter named Charity Wade drive them home. Charity drives the family home, gets there about 10.30. She checks on Adam's fine. The other children are fine at 10.30 at night. Now, the Charity was going to spend the night because she was 17 and sober. She was going to spend the night there just to make sure the children were taken care of during the course of the evening. But somewhere in the course of getting home and getting the kids situated, Richard Fairchild made a uh, sexual advance towards 17-year-old Charity Wade. And so she did not feel safe to stay there, and she left. We have the mother, Stacy, in bed asleep. 
We've got the three children, at least in bed, falling asleep. And then we have Richard Fairchild, drunk, hitting on a 17-year-old. When Charity Wade left at 10.30, Adam was alive and resting. What took place after that, between 10.30 that night and the next morning, poor little Adam, three years old and 24 pounds, Joe, he took a beating at the hands of Fairchild is all I want to focus on. Let me say something, a remark about Fairchild. Not only is Fairchild a grown man that is indwelling this home there with these kids, his girlfriend, and of course, the 17-year-old is present as well. Just a, a, a bit of background. This means an ex-Marine, an ex-Marine, all right? And you know, when we think about Marines, and I have many friends that are former Marines, they don't like to be called ex-Marines. I think of somebody that's a protector. You know, they got rough edges on them. You want them to have rough edges, trust me, uh, for the job that they have to do. But you think of somebody that's a protector, and particularly those that are very innocent, like a three-year-old. But that's not what happened within this environment. And I remember my kids when they were little, and I think every parent has an experience with this. And this, you know, one of the things that kind of set this whole story in motion is the fact that Adam wet the bed. He wet the bed. And that's what kids do. Now, you can developmentally, you know, children may have these moments in time where you think that they're not going to kind of get out of that phase. And some don't. Some have trouble and, you ha- you know, it has to be treated. And there's any number of reasons why that might happen. But my kids wet the bed. Hell, they, I wet the bed. All right. Every single one of us have wet the bed. If that is that thing that is going to condemn us, and in this case for Adam, if you view it from that perspective where it's that touchstone moment where Adam was essentially condemned to death at that moment in time. Just let that sink in just for a second, because he was having this nocturnal uh, event going on where maybe he drank too much before he went to bed. Maybe he's scared. Gee, I wonder why. His mama's in another room. He's been moved around throughout the evening because we don't know what had had transpired specifically relative to him to maybe have upset his little system. We don't know if perhaps there was ongoing abuse at the hands of this individual that was part of the familial group. But when Adam presents, he wakes up crying, Dave, which a lot of kids do when they wet the bed. And many times that crying is, first off, there's shame with it, I think, even at three, perhaps. You know, and how are you going to hide it? You know, even in a three-year-old's mind, maybe he's been chastised over it. It's not like they, you necessarily come to him and say, baby, it's okay. We're, we're going to take care of you. We're going to clean you up. We'll change the sheets. It's, it's all right. Everything's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. No, instead, you get this reactive event that takes place at the hands of a drunken ex-Marine. And little Adam, going back to that tumble dryer, he is like he's trapped in this environment just for a moment. And he begins to receive the beating of all beatings. And this is at Fairchild's admission. He, he admits to having done this to this child. You have this baby being knocked around, 
He's essentially thrown against a table. But before we get... Right. Get to that point, there's a whole lot that went in. Yeah, there truly is. You mentioned waking up crying. The child is crying because he wet the bed. And he's faced with a 30-year-old ex-Marine, a drunk ex-Marine. That's the part that has to be painted properly. You've got a crying child because he wet the bed, and a 30-year-old ex-Marine drunk is the one he has to face. Yeah, there's no comfort there at all. Uh, There's only rage. And how do you take the measure of that if you're a three-year-old child? I, I don't know. I don't really have memories of being three years old. I cannot begin to imagine what that horror must have been like for this child. Was it like a a quiet reaction where the storm just kind of gathered and he's drunk? He has been debating with this girlfriend's mother about not, he wanted to be at his home that night. He's the driver behind this. And and so the 17-year-old agrees, but she wants to take care of these babies and make sure that they're okay. There's a, there's other kids in this, in this uh, scenario. There's two other children. And make sure that they get home. Well, he's already irritated because potentially he's drunk. He's frustrated by the fact that he's had to go home. People saying, no, you're going to stay here. He gets home. He sees his girlfriend, goes off to bed. So now you start to put the moves on a 17-year-old. He gets rejected. And, you know, he just kind of sits there in his chair or wherever he had parked himself. And he's left alone with his thoughts in an inebriated state. And the next sound that he hears is the sound of crying. And it's Adam hoping for help, hoping that someone will comfort him, maybe for a change, extend mercy to him, forgiveness for having wet the bed. But that's far from what he received. A lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. As an investigator, you go back and you, you try to put the pieces in some kind of order so that you can begin to understand what happened in a very chaotic environment and you're trying to make sense of it. From a forensic standpoint, you're trying to understand if you have multiple injuries on an individual, kind of what the order of injuries are, the level of what we refer to as the level of potential lethality, what's going to be fatal and what's not going to be fatal or what has less of an opportunity as far as injuries go to be fatal as opposed to that injury that takes kind of the prime spot in the pecking order. In Adam's case, Dave, uh, there were any number of injuries to, to kind of select from. The picture is painted. We have a child waking up crying and we have a drunk 30-year-old former Marine According to his own admission, the first thing he did, Fairchild, he hit Adam in the face, hit him in the mouth, actually, and ruptured his lip. From there on out, it just got worse. The crying that began with wetting the bed now became crying over the pain, fear. What does it mean to have a ruptured lip? I'm so happy you asked this question because in child abuse cases in particular, one of the things that we look for is... If everybody in the sound of my voice will take the tip of your tongue and there's a little bit of tissue that attaches your lip to your gum, you have it both superior and inferior. So it's going to be an attachment in the maxillary area where you have your teeth, the top teeth, and then the lower, which is going to be your mandulary teeth. And that little bit of tissue is called the frenulum. And Many times you'll see it with boxers, okay, understandably when I explain this, but you see it with kids. And there's now there's been some people that have speculated over the years that one of the reasons abusers will hit kids in the mouth 
and again, I'm getting into the psychology side here, but I'll just I'll I'll say this, and then I'll kind of end it with this. They they say it's a reaction to the aggressor not wanting to hear what is coming out of the child's mouth. And so that frenulum will rupture. You see it repeatedly in cases of child abuse. And it's a reactive, many times it's a reactive kind of strike that happens. So if you will press, if you can take your upper lip and press it tightly against your maxilla up there, that bit of bone where your your maxillary teeth fit in, and you can move it back and forth. That movement that you have either to the left or the right will tear that bit of tissue. And that's a ruptured, that's a ruptured frenula. You see that. And then, of course, you can have a ruptured, the actual lip itself where it's split open. People say, well, I had a busted lip. That's part of it. But I think probably if I were a betting man, I'd say that the frenula is what they're talking about. And it is reactive. You can learn a lot, I think, about the dynamic of the family. Fairchild could have struck this child anywhere on his body, but he chose that particular location. And what do we know was going on at that moment, Tom? Well, this baby was crying, and I can't say that that, that that necessarily proves this supposition. They strike the mouth because of this, but it seems like at least one little indicator of what might have been going on. But, Dave, that wasn't enough, was it? No, and that's the – I will tell you when I was uh, looking at this, a lot of people will immediately say, well, if the crying was so loud that Fairchild reacted in this way and – and hit the kid, the child in the mouth. Where's the mom? Well, to back up and remember, we had a couple that had been drinking all day and she was now in bed asleep. I was going to say passed out. We have no proof of that. We just know that she was asleep. Uh, Adam's mom was in bed and did not wake up during what began with that smack to the mouth after waking up. But then this 30-year-old former Marine with the three-year-old, 24-pound Adam. What Fairchild does next, and I guess in his stupor, he was trying to quiet him down, trying to make him stop crying, but everything he did caused more pain and caused him to cry out even more. And I wonder, Joe, how do you, as the investigator now, put all of this together in order of what took place in terms of the beating of Adam uh, I mean, we know he's passed away or we wouldn't be talking about this right now, but you're having to come in and redo the map, I guess, backwards, because you start with a suspect and you start with the dead three-year-old. How do you now put it in order? Do you use purely what the uh, suspect is telling you and then couple that with what the body is telling you? In this particular case, we have a statement. By the perpetrator here. I mean, an actual statement as to what he did to Adam. In cases where you have ongoing abuse or you have an acute event, which I'm still not clear if this was acute. Again, I think I would wager that there had been something else that had happened prior to this from an abuse standpoint. Many times we can only base it upon, particularly with child abuse cases, we would base it upon the status of injuries. Are they in an acute phase where it had just happened or is there evidence of healing? Because you'll get this layering that goes on in child abuse cases and elder abuse cases as well, where you'll have injuries that are in various stages of resolving. 
you know, like bruising when you think about that. But if we're just to look at Adam, Adam's remains and take away from his autopsy what they concluded, it's really hard to make sense of that. Really, the only thing that you can do is to try to understand how did the tissue react? Because the tissue will respond to trauma. Was there any evidence that that this may have happened post-mortem? And I can tell you this, and this might be one of the more horrific parts to this. We do know that in the next step by Fairchild's admission, he took this baby and he held this kid against a wall heater. He took this child and he first pressed this child's chest into the wall heater. Now, something I've learned about this wall heater is that the grate on it had a grid pattern. Take a wild guess as to why I know that. Because that pattern was burned into this child's skin. You had it not just anteriorly. Then that wasn't enough because he took Adam and he spun him around. And he pressed his bare bottom, his buttocks, up against the same grate. And had that same grid pattern on his buttocks. And at autopsy, they concluded that Adam had sustained second-degree burns. When you begin to measure these things out, the doctors, uh, they're incredible people. If you've never been around a nurse or a doctor that specializes in burns and they work on a burn unit, I don't know how they do it. I could not do it. That's with the living. But when we see individuals come into the morgue, we have to grade these degrees of burning that exist. And we've got essentially these very kind of, you'll get these kind of superficial injuries, you know, with a first degree. And that's kind of like sunburn, but you start to get into second and you're down into the dermis at that point in time. Skin is highly irritated. It blisters up. And if there's some kind of transfer, you can pick up patterns like this. And then you go to third degree, which is you've burned down through the dermis now. You're starting right on the fringes getting into the subcutaneous fat. And a lot of people don't realize that there's actually a fourth degree burn that we get off into where you, know, you begin to talk about skeletal elements being visible. But in his case, he had second degree burns and it would have been torturous. There would have been a pain response that I don't know that many of us could even begin to fathom. We all have touched things that are hot over the course of our lives, haven't we? We've picked up something. Waitress that comes out to our table says, now, sir, don't touch this. This is really hot. And guess what I do? Inevitably touch the plate or whatever. But in this case, there would have been a tremendous amount of pain that this baby would have been experiencing. He's only three years old. This was not just a conscious effort to cause pain. This goes into that sadistic level of evil to turn a child over and stick him again. Hence our key word today, tortura. This is torture. And he even admits, you know, he says in his statement that he held him up there. Well, what does that mean? Well, you're having to brace this child against this particular surface that's piping hot. Uh, you know that it's hot. And there would have been just from a, a reaction, pain response, this child would have tried to get away, would have tried to lift his buttocks off of the surface or remove his chest from being contacted by it. It wasn't enough. Fairchild went on to say that I just kept hitting him, kept hitting him. And one of the other things that they discovered at autopsy is that 
Adam's left eardrum was burst, that he ruptured in these strikes. He burst Adam's eardrum. When I think about how a child's eardrum can be ruptured, I think of them putting a pencil or something in their ear. But how would, and that's not what happened. He hit him in the ear. How how does that happen that one can rupture an eardrum merely by hitting them on, and not on the, that side of the head? You know, there's an old term that people used to use. And I think we were talking about this before we started taping that scene. And and it's a wonderful life where young George goes to see the, the pharmacist. He thinks the pharmacist has given bad medicine for the family or created, and he gets what's referred to as his ears boxed. And that's, that's where the hand is cupped and the ear is struck. And that's a pressure response where the pressure changes so dramatically that the eardrum, this tympanic surface will burst. It'll rupture or tear. You can get a little hole in it. It's very, very painful. I mean, it is excruciating. And this will burst the eardrum. But this sounds as though, I, I don't know that this was a boxing of the ears. This sounds like, this was like kinetic energy, where his hand is transferring all of this energy down into the auditory canal, uh, which, by the way, doesn't go straight, straight across our our axis, it actually goes in and then down. This force was essentially rained down upon this child's ear and the eardrum wound up bursting. And this was discovered at autopsy. They did obviously a very thorough autopsy. In this case, they suspected what was going on. I got to tell you on an aside with autopsies, we're very thorough in these cases. Most of the time, you're not going to do a deep dissection into the auditory canal. But in this case, they saw something that, and maybe they had this circumstantial information that had come up. Maybe they had the statement. They noted that maybe we need to take a look at this child's, this child's, the inner workings of his ear. And they, they went in there and happened to find that. And that's, that's one piece to this that begins to give you an idea as to what Adam had endured. But I think probably in conclusion with this series of trauma this child had sustained, after he's beating him and he says, I just kept hitting him, and he admits to this, he finally threw, and that's his words, threw Adam into the side of a drop leaf table. And that's where he, he struck his head, finally, that final blow. And Adam sunk to the floor at that moment, Tom. And he didn't move. But guess what? According to Mr. Fairchild, he stopped screaming. He stopped screaming at that moment in time. And that child was dead, despite the best effort of everybody involved in this. And it's at that moment in time, Fairchild finally decides, well, I think I'll go in and I'll wake up my girlfriend. And he went and woke her up and she called 911. And there's nothing that the EMTs could have done for Adam. Adam was dead at that moment in time. Oklahoma executed Richard Stephen Fairchild on his 63rd birthday on November 16th of 2022. He was declared dead at 1024 a.m. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and this is Body Bags.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.